Hey everyone, and welcome to the Uncorked Corner podcast, where we cover the full spread of food and beverage industry topics. My name is Bianca, PR and marketing professional by day and food and wine connoisseur by night. And my name is Nick, an accountant with a passion for barbecue, beer, and whiskey. Today we welcome Rhonda Kalman to the show from Boston Harbor Distillery. In this episode, Rhonda tells us about the historic building that Boston Harbor Distillery calls home, tells us the story behind their whiskey-driven past, and gives us some fun cocktail ideas using their unique spirits, including their demon seed and maple cream liqueur. If you enjoy this podcast, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to us. With that said, let's welcome Rhonda to the show. Welcome everyone. Today we are welcoming Rhonda Kalman to the show from Boston Harbor Distillery. We are so excited to have her on and let's have you get started by introducing yourself to our audience, telling them a bit about how you got involved in the distilling industry. Well, thanks for having me, Bianca and Nick. Great to be here at Uncorked Corner. My name is Rhonda Kalman, as you just said. I'm founder and CEO of Boston Harbor Distillery. And we're located on the southernmost waterfront of Boston in this beautiful old pre-Civil War era building uh, that's been the center of entrepreneurial commerce since the mid-1800s. And it's, uh, it's the inspiration for our brands and what we make. Uh, but my inspiration for, for great whiskey uh, started when I was just a little girl. And uh, back in the day, my father would drink rye whiskey and ginger and uh, I just one one little sip and I was smitten and so it's been a, a decades long love affair with uh, great quality spirits whiskey beer you name it um, I'm into it I just love everything about uh, how they're made from the ingredients and the formula and the flavors and I just feel like I've been training for this role um, at Boston Harbor Distillery really for my entire life. So it's really fun. So cheers. Cheers. And I wish I, I was recently... there drinking with you, but this is <laughs> the best Us thing. too. And I recently just got my samples from Bianca, so I haven't gotten to try a whole bunch of them yet. But the one that I did start with, and you already mentioned it, is the rye. So I started with the Putnam rye. Rye is my favorite type of whiskey. It's one of my go-tos. Um, so I was excited to get my hands on that one. I used some of it, made a little bit of a cocktail. Um, it was called the Luxardo Old Fashioned. One of our previous guests is actually an author and he made a cocktail book. And it was an old fashioned, but the, with the twist of a maraschino cherry and some of the little juice Beautiful. from it. It was delicious with that. And I used the rest of it and just drank it straight up and it was delicious by itself as well. It's definitely a really mellow uh, whiskey. It doesn't have a lot of heat to it. It's not something that's going to kill you if you're not too into drinking whiskeys, like uh, some of a higher proof bourbon might. Um, it's just a, you know, I it'll taste a lot of fruit in it. It was super sweet. It was very good. Well, I so appreciate your palate there, Nick, because that's really, I, I always uh, introduce people uh, to Putnam Rye, particularly those that come they make the pilgrimage here to the distillery and they're like, oh, I don't drink whiskey. 
we're like, okay, well, just try this whiskey. I, I call it um, a beginner's whiskey in a way because it, it is so smooth and very soft. And though, of course, we do make Putnam rye with different expressions. Uh, we have a, a cast strength we just bottled last week at 127.4 proof. That was what the cast was. We also have some that's 122, 120. Those are a little bigger, obviously, in alcohol, but it's this beautiful softness that is really a signature that we try uh, to accomplish here uh, in everything that we make at the distillery. So, yay. And, you know, it, ironically, you know, my background is in the beer business and uh, being at the forefront of craft beer, I helped Jim Cook start Boston Beer Company, makers of Sam Adams. Uh, back before you guys were born. Um, that was in 1984. And it was really what, what was so outstanding for me was the lack of knowledge about how quality craft uh, alcohol is actually made. And that was really what's inspired me other than I've always been intrigued by, like I said, everything about uh, making of these brands. And but what I learned was craft is really an ingredient story. And there's a lot of misnomers and, and miscommunication about what craft is, but it really is an ingredient story. And so when we, you know, we launched Sam Adams back in 1985, people in Boston would call it a dark beer, because that's how we talk around here, you know, um, because it was this pale bland landscape of corn-based beers. It was Bud, it was Miller. Coors wasn't even in Boston then. They had just started to roll in. Heineken had started its comeuppance, you know, as the gold standard for beer. And it's like, you know, Heineken, it's actually made in Holland. Everybody thought it was made in Germany. Um, and what, what they all had in common was that the main ingredient is corn. And corn is, you know, obviously grows pretty abundantly here in the United States. Um, it's also sweeter, lighter, and cheaper. It, it, it acts as a filler. Um, and there's a lot of people who don't even have corn in their diets anymore because it just kind of goes right through you sometimes, if you know what I mean. So here we are, you know, in 2011, 2012 is when I incorporated Boston Harbor Distillery. And it was very difficult for me to think about making corn-based whiskeys. And by law, bourbon, which is the poster child for American whiskey, has to be made with a majority of corn. So I kind of went against the grain, I guess no pun intended, <laughs> and decided that we were gonna make whole grain whiskey here at Boston Harbor Distillery. And truthfully, it hasn't been easy because people are so confused about whiskey. And for me, I see that as a huge opportunity, of course, being at the forefront of craft beer. You know, I was in my early mid 20s going around Boston and New England and then nationally singing the virtues of craft beer and, and showing people and having them taste what's the difference. And it goes back to the ingredients. And, you know, great stuff in, great stuff out. And I've always been an advocate of that. And, and um, I think people that are into trying new things, particularly new things that aren't 
you know, well distributed, well marketed by the giants of the industry. I mean, clearly they make quality products, so they still wouldn't be in business after 200 years. But at the end of the day, there's this coalition of, of us small craft distillers that are really trying to up, up the game and up the flavor spectrum. So I just went off on a tangent there as usual. I'll <laughs> no have a problem. Love it. <laughs> there All is, very helpful info. So there I mean. is one thing before we go on to anything else that you mentioned your background in beer. And I noticed you have a very unique spirit that I haven't been able to try yet. The beer based spirits. Can you tell us yeah. a little bit about those? Because those are very unique and it's something that I've never seen before. When I saw those, I'm like, lager, huh? I didn't know they make beers. And I looked at them and they were like, you know, 80 proof forever um, they were. So can you tell us through your variety of those? I saw you had a few and what they are. Yeah, well, I can tell you a lot about it. Um, and we need probably an hour for that because it's very exciting. Um, you know, and, and I believe the blurring of the lines between craft made beer and craft made whiskey is, is started. And something like the Spirit of Austin that we make is really helping to usher that in. I mean, keep in mind there's 8,000 breweries in the United States today. Uh, by the way, when we started Boston Beer Company in 1984, there were like 35. So, it's been a ride for sure. And the same thing is happening in craft spirits. Um, it's, it feels like it's taking longer. There's like 2000 uh, distilleries right now. Um, the difference is, is that um, home brewing became legal at some point and it really helped escalate uh, and start basically an inflection point for craft beer um, I don't see that same legalization happening with spirits because it's such high proof people will blow themselves up. So that's probably not a good idea. <laughs> but, so it, it's a little, it's taking a little bit longer, um, I think for particularly craft made whiskey, but it, it's coming. So anyway, um, back to the question you asked me about our spirit of Boston. It was really inspired by our master distiller. Uh, he has been, his name is John Cusheau. He's been at the forefront of, of craft distilling um, for almost 15 years. He helped Jack Joyce um, at uh, Rogue Ales out in Oregon. Um, basically, he turned dead guy ale into dead guy whiskey. And that was the start of Rogue Spirits. Um, so when John, John was, uh, when I had hired John, uh, we were building the distillery. Uh, he said, like, you know, Jim, why don't you call him up and ask him to get some beer? And I, so what started off as an experiment for me ended up to be this really one-of-a-kind, limited-edition, award-winning product that we call the Spirit of Boston. And just to, to round that out, there's a, alcohol is one of the most regulated businesses in the country. In fact, bourbon is the most regulated business, um, has all kinds of rules, needs to be a majority of corn, uh, aged in new white American barrels for a minimum of two years, um, and needs to be made in America. So that's kind of cool. But um, so, and then rye whiskey has to be a majority of rye grain, you know, over 50%. Malt whiskey has to be a majority of, of malted barley, etc. So when we took 
finished Sam Adams beer. So beer that's already gone through their process. So you guys can see behind me, right? What's going on now, we're making single malt whiskey, our, our Putnam malt whiskey right now. And he's loading in the mash tun. Um, and that's exactly the same process as, as the way beer starts, um, which is pretty exciting. And that's, that's why all these 8,000 brewers are gonna figure out that they only need to get a still and they can, they've already done all the other work and they just need to run through the still. So it's, it's gonna get real exciting out there, I, I tell you. But for now, so Boston Beer goes through their whole process and right before they put it into a bottle or a keg, we actually buy, we have to buy the beer from them, but that's okay. Um, so we buy 3000 gallons, which is a half a tanker load of the freshest beer you could possibly find. And so they've already done, again, the mashing in, the fermenter, fermenting, um, and, and even the agents, aging, excuse me. So they've added their hops, which whiskey doesn't have hops, beer does. They've added whatever they're using. They're using, you know, like our Merrymaker gingerbread stout um, is made from, well, their Merrymaker gingerbread stout makes our Spirit of Austin Merrymaker, which the distillation process just amplifies those spices that they start with. So they, they use clove, nutmeg, gin, uh, gin, um, ginger, and cinnamon <laughs> in their beer. So we just take all that and we run it through our still. We, we get this tanker and we run it right up to the still and distill it twice like we do everything. And we make our cuts, very narrow hearts. So we get the best part of the spirit, that silky smoothness. And we lay it down in used barrels um, because we don't want new wood to really overwhelm the nuances of each of the different beers that, that we have distilled. And because the government won't let us call it whiskey, they wanted me to call it hop flavored whiskey. And that's not what it is. So the catch all term for anything that doesn't meet the government classifications is spirit. So hence the spirit of Austin. Um, I've actually trademarked the evolution of beer because what spirit of Austin is, is really beer for mature palates. And, you know, unlike beer, which unfortunately, you know, it's like a new car. Once you drive it off the lot, it starts to lose its value. Well, that's the same thing with beer. Once you package it, it starts to degrade just a little bit, air, time, you know, etc. Um, so we have this beautiful um, Spirit of Austin, we have distilled, uh, I think it's seven different beer varieties from Sam Adams. Most of them they don't make anymore. So they're really exclusive. Um, and we've played around with some Trillium. So we have some like a barrel. Yeah. So it 3000 gallons of, of beer, we get 200, like 225 to 250 gallons of distilled beer. And we bottle it at 84 proof. And because 84, 1984 was the year we, we officially started Sam Adams. So everything has a little bit of a story built in, but for me, it's kind of come full circle. 
and uh, it's been really fun. It's very limited, mostly sold um, here at the distillery. But thanks yeah. for asking. <laughs> and for anybody who's from Boston, I mean, the spirit and the history in Boston, I think the name is so great. And when I was there, your space really kind of encompasses that feeling. And I just loved it so much. And I saw when I was there, you have that set with the three Spirit of Boston bottles, um, one of which is that Mary. So I think that is, we included it in our holiday gift guide this year because it's such a perfect little uh, set for anybody. It's such a great price point that it's, you know, kind of attainable for anyone. And the spirits are, I've tried more, I think, than Nick has just because I've had them a little longer and we've really been enjoying them. So it's been a lot of fun. Um, having them. And also, I'm so sorry. I po I apologize for pronouncing your name wrong. I pronounce everything wrong. Oh, <laughs> I mean, you know what? I've been called Rhonda Callahan. You know, I'm not Irish, but because I'm from Boston, my husband's Irish. So it doesn't matter. Usually they just call me Rhonda. It's like Madonna. I don't really need a whole lot of names. <laughs> <laughs> I've been around so friggin' long. It doesn't matter. As long as you call me, that's the key. <laughs> and you have a whole bunch of different options that aren't uh, whiskey or that spirit that we talked about, one of which is a gin. So that was pretty interesting to me. And then you have the maple cream liqueur um, that looks incredible. I haven't tried that one yet. I'm saving it for, I think I'm going to mix it in some coffee. Um, but where are you getting the ideas that for all these different morning. spirits? <laughs> so I'm so glad you asked that because... Um, Look, I just, I, I like, I love everything about, you know, making it and crafting the spirits as we talked about, but I also have been around the industry. You know, I started as a young girl at 15, I was working in restaurants and bars and, um, and I've always done that being a waitress or a bartender and, and then with Sam Adams, of course. So I've, I've been in more bars than most people will ever even dream of in their life. And uh, so, I, I get to, to see what works and what doesn't, um, you know, sort of that's the market research that we do. But what, just to hearken it back to this building, this has really been the inspiration for me. I knew that I wanted to make whiskey. I knew that I wanted to do it here in Boston. I'm born and raised. I've always lived within 20 miles of this uh, distillery. My, my parents are from here. I mean, this is my home. And yet there was this white space for great whiskey, just like there was for beer when we started Sam Adams, you know, back in 1984. And so, but I didn't know what I wanted to make. And I thought at first, because I didn't have a brand idea. Um, and so, which was really, uh, I think for me, it was my, my inner truth. I didn't do this as a marketing play. I did this because I really love whiskey and my beer companies that I've, I've been involved with in the past. I had a brand idea and I built a company around it. This time I was building a company to make whiskey and I didn't know what the brand would be. In fact, if you look at my early logos, it says custom spirits because I, I thought that we would just make whiskey for restaurant groups or retailers or enthusiasts. And, and that was just going to be fine for me because, you know, that's, I wanted to be around it. Well, it turns out that as I was painting here one night, it took us a couple of years to get this place up and running because it was this falling down dilapidated chunk collectors warehouse. 
But importantly, like I said, it's been the center of entrepreneurial commerce since the mid 1800s. And the guy that built this place is Silas Putnam. And Putnam actually, um, in this building, he automated the manufacture of the hut forged horseshoe nail. But we have them here. I'll show you guys. Here's like a little flathead horseshoe nail. I don't know where the real horseshoe, anyway. Um, that's what they made here. And they had government contracts and they supplied both sides of the civil war with horseshoe nails. So that was the inspiration for Putnam. And that's how I ended up with the name and the horse and rider um, and the Putnam nail logo was literally from this guy's invoices from the 1850s. Silas Putnam's uncle is here on the label. He's the revolutionary war hero, uh, General Israel Putnam. He was born in <clears throat> Danvers, Massachusetts. It's uh, now they call it, well, when I was growing up, it was Putnam Pantry. It was an ice cream shop with penny candy. So it was, I grew up in Lynn. It's still there. <laughs> it's still there. We've been so, there plenty of times. I drive by there every day. <laughs> oh my God. It, are they still serving ice cream? And I think so. They're oh, wow. Packed. I mean, when I drive by, so I, I guess. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. So it's been there a long time. Let me just tell you. Um, so I just plucked, you know, that, that was the inspiration to, to basically make our own whiskey and, uh, and, and name it Putnam, you know, again, it was inspired by the entrepreneurs before us. Well, in, in the state of Massachusetts at the time, well, in, in, even still, because we have this uh, special license called a farmer distiller permit, and we can only serve in our uh, tasting room what we make. So yes, I wanna make whiskey. And yes, keep in mind that whiskey takes time so I'd be sitting here with this big empty building for two or three years um, if I didn't make something else. So as my luck would have it, after I, you know, Putnam spoke to me through these walls after some whiskey, I suppose, um, I realized that the next notable entrepreneur to have commerce in this building was the George Lawley Shipyard. And Lawley's is famous for building America's Cup winning yachts. One of them graces our label here. In fact, we border Lolly Street. So that was the inspiration for our rums. And rums, of course, play an important role. Rum is America's spirit, literally. That's, and, and that's partly because of the triangle trade that happened right here in Boston Harbor. And it was all about unfortunately, slaves, ammunition, and molasses. So pre-prohibition, there were more rum distilleries in New England than there were breweries, which is kind of an indication of where this whole thing is going. And in New England, because of the molasses that was coming up from the Caribbean, um, we make New England style rum. And one of our rums here, and it's simply 100% molasses and uh, really Quabbin Reservoir water, which is uh, one of the freshest water supplies in the country, uh, which is also Boston city water. So we just take molasses and water and we started in this vessel behind me 
And that's how we make our rum. And it was inspired by all of the molasses that was, you've heard of the molasses flood of 19, I don't know what it was, 1911. Um, it was a very sticky situation. A lot of people died because uh, they were storing molasses up there in the North End. That I digress. But so that was the inspiration for the rums. And we just um, came up with that gin this year. We wanted to do something that was unique and uh, citrus we thought was unique. There's a lot of citrus stuff out there now, but most of the, um, the English gins that kind of made gin sort of famous are very juniper forward. But by law, there's, there's laws for everything alcohol related, but by law, uh, gin has to be made with juniper. But you could, you could have three juniper berries. It doesn't tell you how much juniper you need. So instead of making it that sort of dry London gin style juniper forward, that's kind of piney, we decided to make it really uh, light and citrusy and delicious. And we bottle it at 90 proof because uh, when you are using whole real botanicals in, uh, in a product like that, if it's below 90, it gets a little cloudy. So sometimes you might see like a little yellowish gin that that's the reason it's probably not at a high enough proof, but over 90 it's anyway, I keep going on and on, but it's really oh, it's delicious. interesting. We love it. Uh, yeah. Great. Great. So, um, so that was the inspiration for lollies. And um, well, I'll go back to Putnam for a second. So when the car came in, there was no need for horseshoe nails. So they went out of business. Then it was a lolly shipyard and they built minesweepers right here in this building, right back here it used to be a sand pit. You can see like the hundred clear story windows up there. That's because there were, there were no utilities. When we actually took it over, there were no utilities in this building, but they built minesweepers for World War II here. Um, and so then, so then the war ended and um, the next real notable entrepreneur to have commerce here was the Seymour's ice cream factory. And that, Bianca, was the inspiration for our confectionery line, which is um, our delicious all natural, uh, I call it New England bounty in a bottle, our coffee liqueur. So our signature sweetener for, I'm looking for my maple, oh, here it is. See, I'm so lucky because it, if I'm thirsty, I can just reach and pour, it's fine. Um, but our signature sweet, sweeteners for our liqueur line is uh, Ackerman Farms maple syrup. So it's a small family farm from Cabot, Vermont that we use, we don't add sugar to anything. And it's, um, so the, the coffee liqueur is from, with um, coffee from Ackerman, I'm sorry, um, Autocrat, coffee syrup from Rhode Island. Uh, Great Barrington uh, 413 cold brew from Great Barrington Roasters. And then we have, it's a, our Putnam Rye whiskey base and the maple syrup. And it's perfectly blended and it's bottled at 46 proof. It's great that you keep it so local too, all the ingredients. I, I love that. New England Bounty and Bob. This is the, the cream. Um, frankly, we just couldn't get the cream right. And we were starting up the business and <laughs> it will coagulate. If you don't have the right agitator blender, like it, 
it was literally like a brick, you know, it just didn't work. So, so our distillers sent it off to the experts in Wisconsin to blend it up with a maple syrup and our rum. And when they sent it back, he just said to me, I can't make it taste any better than that. So we have, this is made for us out in Wisconsin, but it's our proprietary recipe. And it is made with uh, real maple syrup from Vermont as well. And lucky for us, the only flavor that Bailey's doesn't have, at least right now, is maple. So <laughs> Don't give we have a corner on that market. Um, and so, and then the, have you tasted the demon seed yet? Yes, we have. I think that was the first one that I, that was the first one I tried. Nick, no way, it's it? supposed to be the last. Yeah, I haven't I, gotten to try that one yet. <laughs> OMG, you wait. Our, <laughs> our mom, she loves anything spicy and she loves any like whiskey type spirits. Yeah. So I gave her one of the two little bottles I have and she loved it. Uh, <laughs> and it was, it was a little hot for me, but it was fun to drink. So, well, this was also inspired by our, our master distiller, John, he came in here when, um, well, we literally had sawdust on the floor. We weren't even distilling yet, but he was playing around with stuff in his kitchen. He probably shouldn't have been, but he knew what to do and it wasn't going to blow up. And he said, oh, do you like heat? I said, well, not in my whiskey. He said, you got to try this. So I tried it and it was hot as hell. And I'm like, what did you do? What? And he said, just wait. So the maple syrup will come up. So we actually, uh, Ackerman's is very happy with us because we've quadrupled our order since we started been making this. It takes a lot of maple syrup in this, but it's rye whiskey with whole scorpion peppers that are macerated and fresh ginger and real maple syrup and perfectly blended. But when, when these guys are making it, they're like, oh my God, it's hell day. I can't even, I wouldn't be able to have a conversation with you because I'd be coughing that <laughs> little spice gets stuck in my throat. Anyway, we just launched this too. We've been playing with it for years, but it's a whole story um, of St. Dunstan and the devil. So anyway, John brings it in, you know, this is five and a half years ago, maybe six years ago. And I said, if you think that, I said, what do you call this stuff? He says, demon seed. I said, if you think that you're going to get a demon seed whiskey in my little premium luxury place, you know, you know, <clears throat> so that was it. I never really thought about it again. A couple of years ago, um, somebody came in, you know, to enjoy the lounge here and asked me why the horseshoe was down. If you look at our label, horseshoes down and instead of up. And I thought, I don't know. But so a few weeks later, I researched it on Wikipedia. I love Wikipedia, by the way. Uh, the horseshoe up catches the luck. The horseshoe down holds the luck in. So of course we found horseshoes and the horseshoe nails, real ones from the 1800s in the building when we were renovating it. My husband's the builder, by the way. So that was, that was easy, um, sort of. At least we're still married, that wasn't as easy. Anyway, over our door are the horseshoes. So. And at the bottom, so that was the answer. So keeps the luck in. Great. At the bottom of the Wikipedia page was this whole story about St. Dunstan and the devil. And St. Dunstan was a blacksmith. And he saw the devil walk into his shop 
Of course, the devil wanted to get his horse horseshoed, but St. Dunstan recognized him as the devil. So he put the horseshoe on him and the devil's all upset about it. And St. Dunstan said, I'll take that horseshoe off of your hoof if you promise never to walk in over the threshold of a door that has a horseshoe. And that was when I thought, shit, demon seed, that's demon seed. So we started playing with it. It took us a long time to get the, the formula to where it could work and look like this. It's really kind of badass looking and it, you know, people will think of it as fireball. It is nothing like fireball. Fireball is cinnamon. This is no cinnamon. This is heat. This is like bring the heat. So some people love it. Some people hate it um, because they don't like heat. I suggest, I, I well, a couple things. I think of it as like a roller coaster ride. Like once you have a, you take, you know, you take a shot of it. Oh my God, what have I done? It's so hard. And then the maple syrup will come up and coat your mouth and you're like, I want to do that again. It's like getting off the roller coaster. But I do, if you want it, we didn't make it really as a shooter. The idea of the, the, the brand is to be a cocktail variant because there's all this spicy, you know, caliente margarita stuff. Well, why not have a spicy whiskey cocktail? So that's why we made it. But of course, you know, things start to grow. So now... I suggest you put it in the freezer if you want to do shots with it. And it's that sort of frozen heat thing. And wait, you're going to love this. The guys that, that work here came up with this. They call it the, the cream and demon. Our maple cream and the demon seed in the same glass. You don't even have to shake it. It's awesome. Because the cream will reduce some of the heat. So literally when we're making demon seed here, you see this, I have a little nip of maple cream. I just, <laughs> I'm trying to breathe and they're making it right here. And so this takes the heat out a little bit. So, wow, we went through a lot of brands and we still have more, but it's, it's a lot of fun. And we've been at this now for uh, over, well, since 2012. Um, but we opened our doors in uh, June of 2015. And uh, you know, the whiskey business is not for the faint of heart. Everything that's in here, all of us, all the people, everything has to be prepaid before we can even hope to get a return on our investment years later. I knew that, but I'm like, eh. And now that we're in it, it's like, eh. um, you know, but we're getting there and if it wasn't for our friend COVID or our devil COVID, um, things would be a lot different, but I'm hopeful and excited about uh, the future for Putnam and Demon Seed and all the other brands that we have. I'm excited. I'm especially excited to try that Demon Seed. I like an uncomfortable and probably an unhealthy amount of hot sauce and spice and all my food. So I'm thinking it's going to be perfect for me when Bianco is complaining about Our the opposites. heat and I know, yeah, my mom loved it. So I think I'm going to be more on that end of the spectrum, but I'm very excited. I'm definitely going to try the cream and demon. I, I did not not like it. I liked it. It was just a lot. And then I was thinking, 
it might be really good in a cocktail. Like I could see myself making a cocktail with it. Like that's, I love spice, but I like spice usually mixed with something that mellows it out just a little bit. Do you well, have you know a what? particular you cocktail? A, you don't need a lot of it. Um, like in a Bloody Mary, awesome. Oh, that's a great um, idea. We do a spicy ginger mule, which is, um, you know, ginger beer, a little lime, um, and pineapple and then demon seed. So the pineapple's really fun. Also like Putnam rye, demon seed, a little pineapple, excellent. Um, so you can play with it, but I also do a lot of marinades with it, marinating chicken, um, you know, all kinds of things, shooters. Oh, we just discovered this the other day because I didn't have any cocktail sauce at Thanksgiving. I wanted to do shrimp cocktail because it's like the easiest thing you could do. But then I don't have cocktail sauce, shit. So I took ketchup and demon seed, mixed them up and it was an awesome. You don't need to buy cocktail sauce anymore. <laughs> it's all fun. You can do whatever you want. As long as you like a little bit of heat, um, you can dial it up, dial it down, do whatever you want. Definitely, fun. definitely versatile. Um, where can people get their hands on it and the rest of your spirits? Well, thanks for asking that, Nick. Um, Currently, uh, all not all of our brands, but many of our brands are available in the New England states, um, Mass, Rhode Island, uh, Connecticut doesn't have demon seed yet, but I'm working on that. Uh, Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, and upstate New York. So that's in Florida. We opened Florida October 1st. That was fun because that's where I'm going to be January, February, March, I hope. Hope. Um, so you can, you can get it there. We really haven't started marketing demon seed yet, though you'll find it in, um, you know, local stores, local retailers, uh, just ask them for it and they can get it through, uh, Martinetti companies, which is the largest distributor in the state. So that's good. Um, uh, but hopefully by February, we might try to really kind of launch it during Valentine's day, demon seed, get it. <laughs> if we can make it work, I don't know if we'll be able to get it done by then. Yeah. So next year is the year of demon seed. We thought 2020 would be given what a shit show this year is. <laughs> would have been fitting. <laughs> yeah, it would have been exactly. So this is what spawned out of 2020, I guess. But unfortunately, it sounds like we're going to be in it for a little longer as part of 2021. Yeah. And uh, I just came across your Shelly's Nog. So I'm going to be making that for myself since that seems like the perfect holiday beverage. Uh, so yeah, I'll be putting right. that together. <laughs> with, the, with Mary Maker and the maple cream. Yes. Shelly was our bartender's girlfriend, just to let you know. <laughs> Not sure how that got there, but that's how it got there. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we will we... be updating our recipes too. I don't know if you guys are following us right now, but we're doing yes. uh, the Rise Up campaign. Um, and this is really for any Putnam whiskey purchase. Um, we'll, $20 from every bottle um, is going to benefit the Mass Restaurant Association. And we just wanted to do something. Yeah. We thought Putnam would do it. This is... Um, I don't know if you can even read this, but this is our Putnam red wine finish that we are just launching up here. I had an engraver in the other day. It says the first bottling just happened the other day. So you'll start to see this um, Putnam cast strength. 
And uh, the, of course, the rye, this is our number one seller. And then we have our single malt. I got to just show you. This was the pride and joy. This is the first whiskey we ever made. This is 100% malted barley. And uh, so the family is growing, which is always nice. I'd love to see it. And you guys have a great presence on social media. So everybody listening should definitely follow. Can you let them know where they can find Boston Harbor on social and follow along on everything that you plan to release? Yeah, so it's at Boss Harbor Distill and or Boston Harbor Distillery or something like that. Just play around with it. You'll figure it out. But importantly, you guys, um, when you're up for it, we still are doing our VIP tours here. Uh, socially distanced, we have masks on. It, it's a comfort level, but we, we make sure everything's clean and sanitized and all that. But I call it a, uh, a front row seat to the back room of whiskey making. So whenever you guys are ready, you just let me know. I will set you up and all of you listeners out there, come on in. Either you can do the deep dive, uh, which you have to make a reservation for. If you're just out and about, you're looking for a great place to relax, um, have a great cocktail and maybe learn a little bit. You can come in for our barrel side tastings. They're 15 bucks a person. You get a, like all of the stuff we just talked about. You get a lot of those. And um, we're here on Friday, Saturdays and Sundays, as long as the state will allow us to be open. <laughs> come visit us. We will definitely be setting up a time to come visit. I know that's something that Nick will especially love next time he's in town. Bring your mom. <laughs> we'll bring mom. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we wanted to thank you so much for coming on and everyone listening, make sure to check out Boston Harbor and everything that they have available online and at their facility, uh, as well as our New England gift guide, which does feature their spirit of Boston set. Uh, so thank you so much, Rhonda, for coming on. We really appreciate your time. Thank you guys for your interest. Bye. Nice to meet you. Cheers. 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 Be sure to follow us on social at Uncorked Corner and on the blog at uncorkedcorner.com for a taste of more food and beverage content. And if you enjoyed the show, don't forget to leave a comment, subscribe, rate, and review on whatever podcast platform you prefer. Thanks for listening. Thanks.